On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, I get to speak with Rich Kagan. He's the founder and president of Last Minute Media Deals, an agency that connects large and small businesses with huge ad spots on podcasts, radio, and TV. And when these spots need to be filled, shows would rather sell them at a tremendous discount than not at all. Through last-minute media deals, they sell these placements for up to 80% off. He's got so many nuggets for us. I can't wait. But before then, we need to tell you all about Schedule Once. It's basically superpowering your customer scheduling or you know anybody that you want to meet with. It You can have booking pages to where it'll automatically sync up with your calendar and then provide open spaces as options to your clients. And you can control when and when you don't want appointments to be set, but you can let your prospects and clients schedule meetings in seconds for times that work best for them. So go to peppershock.com slash offers and select the schedule once offer. And then you can get hooked up with the Schedule One super powered customer scheduling. You'll love it. That's what we do to schedule even our podcast interviews too. All right. Now it's time for your marketing essentials moment, the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Let's talk about what it means to work with somebody who is a Google ads certified individual, right? And when you are certified as a Google AdWords expert, really, then that means that you have gone through extensive training through Google. It's basically a Google ad certification process that Google puts on and recognizes marketers as experts in online advertising. And then, of course, after passing the ads certification exams, then we get a personalized certificate. And if affiliated with our company, um, like Peppershock Media or others that are out there, then you can contribute to the company as a Google partner with Google partner credentials. And why is this important to understand? Uh, Because there's so many different options and so many different places to be able to advertise on Google. And since Google is the number one search engine platform out there, if you're not advertising or putting your business on Google or Google My Business or on the maps or on the search or, you know, on the ads that are showing up in Gmail, any of those places, right, you're missing out. And so you got to show up when people search for you or for whatever it is that you're offering, right? And so, yeah, Google is the place where people search for what to do, where to go, what to buy. And of course, your ad can appear on Google at the very moment somebody is looking specifically for your product or service, right? So you want to make sure that that ad is performing and doing what it needs to do, either whether it's on desktop or mobile or the well-timed ad that people can really turn into a valuable opportunity, right? And uh, Rich is going to talk more about all of these things, but let's get right into it with him and go. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Rich Kagan on the show. Welcome, Rich. Hey, how are you? Welcome, welcome. So let's just uh, you know dig right in and share a little bit about you and what what got you here and where you're at, where you're from, and and all of the good all the good stuff. 
You got it. Okay, well, my background, I've been in the media business for 30 years. Um, I was the VP of sales and uh, sales, uh, VP of sales of uh, television, radio and CBS in Los Angeles. I did that for 13 years. Um, I also uh, founded the unwired Howard Stern radio network. Um, at one point, he was syndicated in 60 cities across the country. I remember seeing the I remember seeing the documentary all about it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! And you know, I could tell you a million stories about Howard Stern. We, you know, depending on where this podcast goes, but it was a really uh, incredible experience. He was a he's a genius when it comes to marketing. Um, and so uh, when he left, he left. Uh, CBS and he signed with Sirius XM radio at the time. I don't know if you're familiar with Sirius XM at the time. It was, no one even knew what it was satellite radio. No, no one knew what that was. So, um, and I had a lot of eggs in his basket. And so I ended up taking all my clients and starting my own advertising agency. Uh, I started a a company called wingman media, believe it or not. All right. (laughs) We were a direct response uh, agency, um, where we, um, you know, are, are you familiar with the term direct response? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although uh, my, maybe some people listening, let's just share a little bit about direct response. For I mean, sure. Direct response advertising is the form of advertising that when um, that you uh, is created in order to um, elicit a response, whether it's uh, going to their website or whether it's a phone call. Uh, you know, those are primarily the two ways of getting leads. You know, you're responsible with my clients. I'm responsible for getting, you know, them leads and I'm responsible for getting them the best cost per acquisition. And uh, so we create ads that drive sales, basically. That's what direct response does. As opposed to branding where, you know, you create an ad and you want people to, you want to, you know, improve your image and build a brand image. We, you know, when you do direct response advertising, you are building a brand, but the primary primary goal is to get your client business sales. Right, right. So that's so I um, I own my uh, Wingman Media for um, thirteen years, um, and when see when you're responsible for the best cost per lead and cost per acquisitions, you have to get media as inexpensively as possible. Right. For obvious reasons. If you could get media less for less money, your, your, your leads are going to be less and your cost per acquisition is going to be less. So um, being on both sides of the aisle, buying media and selling media, uh, I was very aware that, that there's a lot of media that goes unsold across the country on television, radio, billboards, and so I was able to uh, create a company. We were able to tap into this media that's not going to be sold the following week. And when you tap into it last minute, you're, uh, the media sells it for about 80% off. Right. So right. that's why. So, and then I sold my advertising agency in 2017. And I decided to dedicate my life because I have three kids under 12. I'm not going to be retiring <laughs> for a while to uh, make sure my clients never pay too much for their media. I love it. So now you've got last minute media deals, right? The media deals. We are the price line of media. I love it. I love it. And and so let's just explain a little bit about how it works. I mean, not that we're going to, you know, steal away your thunder, but just without giving away the farm. I mean, give me a success story. Give me a scenario of where you help and how you kind of dig in and make this happen. Absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, we have, I have a different, like a whole, uh, 
way, you know, what am I trying to say? A whole array of different clients that don't relate to each other. I have a very big tech company uh, called Monday.com out of Tel Aviv, where it's a, it's a project management platform. They're in 40 countries. They have, uh, they were just, they just went public. They're, you know, they're valued at about $12 billion. And then I have a client called Wesley Financial that gets people out of their timeshares. You know, I have uh, clients that uh, I have a snoring device out of Australia called Mute. I have, you know, nice. uh, a product for women who are going through menopause. It's called Amberin. So anyway, so you can see I have a real wide array of different yeah, clients. Very diverse. Very diverse. I have a mattress client, you know, so what so basically, um, you know, Wesley Financial is a perfect example of a company that was um you know, they had never done offline media. They had never done radio and television. And uh, so when, you know, when you want to test media, it's a real advantage if you're able to test it as inexpensively as possible. So we were able to get them on, get them on radio for, you know, $2 CPMs when it's normally $15 CPMs. And so they were able to um, scale their business and now, you know, they're buying TV and radio and out of home, they're spending, you know, a million dollars a month. Um, so this, so we're, so the, 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 the whole advantage to him was he was able to test media for, you know, a lot less money. Right. And get a lot more spots to air. Spots yeah. for your dollars, you know, yeah. for, they, they call it bang for your buck. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Get more bang for your buck. And and this the way it works, though, is, is you understand what stations have available time slots and then you fill them right at the last minute. Right. We have a we have a net well, network and, a, you know, the systems and infrastructure to know all the media that's not going to be sold the following week. And we have uh, systems in order to tap into it. And we, literally, we could turn a, a media buy around in three days. So a client would come to us and tell us exactly what kind of media they want to buy, whether it's off, whether it's out of home, whether it's TV, whether it's radio, podcasts. Uh, like my this client I mentioned, Monday.com, they buy a million dollars a month in podcasts. Oh, maybe we'll have to talk so they can sponsor this podcast. I'm familiar with Monday.com. <laughs> you with Monday.com? Yeah, I, I get the ads. So you're you're doing a good job because they, they show up and I've done the demo and I've seen it. And I think that they may have even been at, was it Adobe Max or maybe, um, gosh, I, one of the one of the trade shows back before COVID, right? BC, before COVID. Yeah, so I'm familiar. Anyway, carry on. No, this is great. Yeah, so so you know they love me because you know I'm able to buy podcasts for you know we what we do is we it's called dynamically insert their ads into thousands of podcasts last minute and so you know podcasts for anybody that is familiar with advertising on podcasts the CPMs are unbelievably high like anywhere from thirty to fifty dollars could be a hundred dollars you know we're buying thousands of podcasts for about five dollar cpms and we're you know and we're able to get huge reach because of the way we buy it and so then you are able to do it kind of last minute and and then turn it around very quickly using your platforms and processes and 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 do you like for radio and television is it mostly on the national networks or can you do local buys too that's a good question. Are we, you know, my, what, for, you know, what I do, um, it's good to have a national client because if you're national and you can buy any market and you can, you know, service a client nationally, 
um, there will, there's never, you'll never run out of media. If, you know, I have clients that come to me and say, Hey, could you buy me uh, TV, you know, local cable in Dallas and we can do it. It's just, there's less, just less media. So, right. you know, so national is ideal. Most of my clients are national. I remember when I worked at the TV station a long time ago and I was covering for master control and it was a Super Bowl, and it was it was interesting because national brands were buying local spots for way less money. Right. And it was a genius, you know, tactic for them to take because then they weren't paying the big, you know, huge uh, deficit that what you would otherwise be paying. Right now that you mentioned Super Bowl, I have clients right now that are about, you know, not yet, but in about a week, they're going to start bidding for Super Bowl spots that are not okay. going to go sold. Yeah, this happens every year. It's it's pretty exciting. Because what, are, what what's the going rate for the top spot uh, in the Super Bowl for for twenty twenty two? They're they're over five million dollars for thirty yeah. second ad right yeah. now. And so yeah, you know, and you're right. Like uh, Monday.com again, they're they're doing what you just said. They're buying regional, so mm -hmm. they're buying about fifteen different markets. And then, you know, cities and then they're buying corresponding billboards to go with their, you know, with their. It's um, a great idea. And then they can target the specific areas and just focus their uh, attention on those areas and not get so far broadcast, a little more nano nano casting, if you will, within those regions. And then they, you can serve up the ads and the billboards. I think that's a it's a really good way to geo target your specific audience. So. That that's that's a really good strategy because then you're not spending the five million dollars to get the message out, but you're spending right. you know a million, like you said, and right. still getting and it in those areas. They, you know they have specific markets that are better, you know, more tech oriented markets. So they want to be on in Austin and San Francisco and Seattle, and mm -hmm. they don't necessarily want to be on in uh, you know Boise, Idaho. No offense. Right now, I get that Monday.com. Uh, basically, just share a little bit so that people understand what Monday.com is. Sure. Money.com is a company out of Tel Aviv. It's a project management platform. Very colorful. <laughs> Very visual. You say that because the the founder, the, the gentleman that created Money.com was before that he created games like, you know, online games. So his it was his whole that was his whole unique um, selling proposition that he was going to create a, a, a business platform that was more like a game. And look, you know, and it's easy to use and fun to use and, and it looks good. And it's, it's absolutely amazing platform. That's awesome. Do you, do you normally, if somebody comes to you and they need a commercial, do you do that in your agency or is that something that you work with? Or maybe they already have a commercial created at this point because it's kind of, you know, last minute deals, right? So tell me about the process that you go through when absolutely. that happens. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. We're, you know, like I, I, we're a full service agency. But we just have a different, you know, uh, media buying model. So we have in-house production people. Now, you know, being in the DR space for 30 years, I um, I have a different uh, philosophy when it comes to creating ads. You know, we we create a lot of ads and we test these ads, you know, in order to find out which gets, you know, which gets the best cost per call. We test different creative. We test different networks. We um, so we. Um, you know, I have production companies that make commercials very inexpensively because most, you know, and yeah, and they're and they're still great commercials. There's just in the it, you you could pay anywhere for, you could pay a million dollars for a TV spot and not even blink an eye. 
but and it could work less well as a as a two thousand dollar TV ad. Right, right. I remember the the commercial that just had color bars because they spent all of their budget just to try to get thirty seconds during the Super Bowl. Since we were talking about that, and so then they just had color bars, and then they had like text across the screen to say, you know, I see. The thing is, though, I don't remember what brand it was for. I, I just remember the, you know, that they it didn't sounds, spend the money. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a, a a very unique concept that might actually because <laughs> you know the Super Bowl. If it was my money, I don't think I would spend five million dollars on a commercial because it's just most people are eating and drinking and partying and nobody's even watching the commercials. And Unless you're in the industry, right? Then it's all about the ad bowl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's an industry thing, and yeah, the consumers don't even care. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, but it's you know, it's 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 a huge platform, so a lot of people feel it's worthwhile. But you're right. I mean, the way video production goes, I mean, you could you could literally spend, you know, a couple thousand all the way up to, you know, 200,000 on on the spot. And especially in the different bigger city areas. Right. That's our claim to fame is say, hey, you can pay voicey rates. And it's 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 probably not as much as what you're going to pay in the bigger cities. But yet, you know, still got the big city experience. (laughs) People are getting wise to it. I mean, you know, they're going to these huge agencies and they're in their, you know, these agencies charge, you know, ridiculous amount of you know, strategic fees and all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, for me, it's whether or not the commercial drives phone calls or drives, you know, <laughs> web traffic. So, yeah. and, you know, uh, one of my biggest clients was a, a solar company called Varengo Solar. And the CEO, the CMO was from Countrywide Mortgage. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh, yeah, I remember them. <laughs> absolutely huge. They, you know, they had a $250 million advertising budget. And he, um, and then he, became the CMO of the solar company. And, you know, he, he said, Rich, he he said, the nicer the ad, in my experience, the more beautiful it is, the more slick it is, the less likely it is to drive phone calls or business. And that's a, that's a fact, you know, I've been doing a long time. Uh, When people think it's a commercial, uh, they don't, they are conditioned to tune out. Exactly. Yep. Mute, mute. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. you know, we create commercials that are uh, like sound like interviews and, you know, we create kind of contextual commercials. So they sound like they're part of the programming and, you know, and we test everything. Yeah. Like uh, I like to use the word infotainment <laughs> or edutainment. <laughs> So when you were talking about the, the process of going through and when you are talking about CP, yeah. CPM is, um, is basically the measurement to know how, how much it costs to reach a thousand people. Right. So it's uh, M standing for, you know, the Latin word millennium. Million or millennium. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what, anyway, so CPM is a great, it's the only way to really technically, um, you know, analyze whether you're getting a good deal on your media. So, uh, and it not only, the good good thing about CPM is it works for any kind of medium, whether it's radio or television or digital, a CPM is a CPM no matter what medium you buy. So it's, it's, it's the great equalizer. Yeah, I just almost said CPU because the computer is in front of me. I'm like, where, what's, what's the other, what's the acronym again? <laughs> I know I've done a lot of media buys and, and it's just interesting to try to, you know, gauge and understand and in, in local areas, it's not a metered market. So it's, it's all based on diaries, right? And what people fill in as a diary. 
versus in like LA and, you know, Seattle, they all have what's a metered market. So then they, you know, can have a little more accurate in information, right? Right. Correct. And, you know, and then that's just to buy the, that's to, to launch the media. You want to buy it as inexpensively as possible, but the way we scale businesses are, is we track it. And we're, you know, we track what media works on it best for cost per calls and cost per acquisition and then what creative works the best. So it's all front end, you're buying as cheap as possible on a CPM basis. And then on the back end, you're constantly tracking and optimizing based on results. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, the the smallest little tweak could improve results or it could, you know, make them go down too. But the idea is to just get better and better at each iterative, right? And and so how many how many times do you test something before you feel like it's ready to go, would you say, on average? Well, we, you know, we'll test this, uh, a commercial for a week and uh-huh. then see what kind of response it gets. And if it doesn't get a good response, we'll do another commercial. And then we'll we'll test create we'll test different creative you know um different Mm -hmm. creatives Mm -hmm. and then we'll test different networks like if we're buying national cable and we're on cnn and you know cnbc and you know all these different uh national networks we'll we'll be tracking what gets the best response per network and what gets response based on the best, best creative when you're buying offline media now I mean, um, and the whole world's basically going digital at some point now, you know, offline media is merging with digital media. So now they have what's called over, you know, OTT television, which is digital television, and they have OTT radio and, um, and now even billboards can be tracked. But um, we, we have uh, the companies I partner with have a state of the art attribution platform. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, but share share more because some yeah, people listening may not. Yeah, the way so for offline media, what the, what this platform does is that you you insert your media by all the times and networks, and then you tie it to your Google Analytics, and then you're able to track what action is happening on a 10 minute window of each commercial, so you can see what kind of response you're getting on a you know minute by minute, hour by hour basis. So we're able to know if something's working right away, and if it's not, we you know we pivot. Right, right. That's especially helpful for restaurants when it's almost time to eat. And so you're trying to get the message out right before people make their uh, restaurant decisions or where they're going to go grab some food, right? That's correct. And now, you know, you can buy on that on that basis, you know, digital. Uh, I buy a lot of digital billboards. Mm-hmm. And you can now, you could basically across the country, you could, when it starts, you know, there's, I have clients that they only advertise when the temperature goes below, you know, 30 degrees and it's a resort in Mexico. And so <laughs> and it's really brilliant. I mean, advertising is, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to stay on top of uh, all the new technology. I know. I, the digital billboards are great. We did a countdown to the local fair, like how many days until the fair we were working with them. And with digital, I mean, and it was kind of brand new at the time, right? And and so we were able to change it, which was at the, before that unheard of because you have to pay for the posters and, you know, the, the you know, all the materials that go into a single billboard that lasts usually a month. And then if for an event, right, you're, if your event is like at the beginning of the month, you're kind of stuck with that billboard for the rest of the month. It's a waste of money, right? So I think, yeah, advent of digital billboards is genius. <laughs> it's genius. And it not only is it genius, I mean, it's, it really uh, 
cuts through and you know it's just more uh noticeable you know when you're mm-hmm. driving by it's been yeah. a static billboard the bright lights and you know if there any movement to them at all or anything like that you're right it does it does send, seem to stand out a lot more than just the traditional for me for my business they you know the lat uh, you know executing a last minute buy is as you said very very mm-hmm. easy to do Yep, it's very lucrative that way. And too, if you uh, here's the, here's the other thing: if a mistake is made, you can change it like that. But when you have a mistake made on a regular old billboard, uh oh, <laughs> that's uh, trouble right there. <laughs> so I want to know when you start to put these plans together, how do you work? Do you say, okay, give me a budget? I always love this question because clients too, like, well, tell me how much it's going to cost or, oh, here's how much I have. How do you operate? Do you try to get a budget first or do you, you know, backtrack and just say, this is what it's going to cost you to get these results? That's a great question, Ray. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So here, the way we do it is in the direct response world, you back into a budget based on, so you say to a client, how many leads do you need next week? How many leads? And if they say uh, we need, you know, uh, 200 leads, then we will tell them, well, based on our, you know, and this is how you create a media plan based on our, you know, our um, experience, we'll, your cost for, we know if you buy national cable, your cost per lead is going to be roughly a hundred dollars. So if you want, you know, a hundred leads, you're going to, your budget's going to be around $10,000. That's how you back into a real budget in the direct response world. Now, you know, because, you know, uh, it's, again, it's all about response for us. So that's how we do it. We don't just go, what's your budget? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We want to learn, we want to learn more about, you know, what they can spend, but also what we want to recommend that they do spend to get, yeah, what their goals are. Yep. Objectives. You got it. So I want to know a little bit more about your history. As you heard earlier, I teach at a university. And so sometimes I let my students or I assign them to listen to some podcasts. I think this will be a great one for them to listen to. So what are some things that you wish you would have known before you got into this industry or before you started your own business? Wow, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Think to the way back. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time. Um, well, you know, for what I do, you know, I it's I, I wish I would have done what I'm doing now a lot earlier because I I was aware that there's a lot of commercials going unsold, and I was aware that my you know that CBS was selling things last minute for you know huge discounts, um, but I never really figured out a way to tap into it, you know, on a national basis. So, you know, so that I wish I would have known what I know now, you know, 20 years ago um, for this business. But, you know, in general, I'm trying to think what in advertising, it's a good question, Rhea, you got me on that one. (laughs) Well, we can come back to that one. I'll think about it. Yeah. Okay. So here's another one somewhat related, might be a little easier for you to uh, answer here. What are some some tools or resources that you tap into to get more new knowledge, more, you know, keeping you up to date in this industry that you're in and what you're doing? What what are some some things that you go to? Well, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I listen to quite a few podcasts. Um, I, you know, I, I'm on probably I have 10 different newsletters that I uh, media newsletters and advertising newsletters. I, I read Ad Age, which is still a great magazine. Uh, I read a lot of 
you know, uh, I was, when I owned my own agency, I was the creative director. I was the chief creative officer. And so, you know, my, that's my passion, creating ads that drive sales. And so I read a lot of uh, copywriting books and marketing books. And, you know, as far as creatives concerned, what I love about it is good creative will work on any kind of medium. So, so that, you know, as the medias, the mediums change and become, you know, more high tech, good creative will work across all media. Um, so, so that's why I, I, I always try to hone my skills on writing great commercials and it's, right. it's an art. I, uh, I recently showed my students art and copy and just the immediate campaign that always comes to mind is the got milk campaign, right? <laughs> And, and it's just genius. It's, it's so simple, but you know, and they almost didn't use it. They almost didn't do it, right? Yeah, I didn't know the story of that, but it is a great commercial. I mean, I, that is a great ad because they basically there's a they they tapped into an emotion about drinking milk. You know, <laughs> you know, people just drink milk. They just drink, but they actually created a brand based on an emotion of the satisfaction of how great it is to drink milk after, you know, you ate a chocolate chip cookie or whatever. Right, right. And that call to action really is, you know, kind of blatant, but you didn't even have to say it, you know, you didn't have to, you know, make that so blatantly obvious to people. Everyone could relate to it, you know, if they're eating cookies, what do you have, right? You have to have milk. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a brilliant campaign. My favorite one was that where there's like a radio uh, announcer answering, you know, call first, you know, six caller, six caller calls in and you have to answer the trivia question. But, you know, the guy has his, you know, mouth full of food and he's trying to say the answer and he can't be heard. It, it's just a mumble, you know. And so then, you know, got milk afterwards. <laughs> it's genius. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the agency that created that? It was a, a really famous agency. Good. Yep. It'd be in Silverstein. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So what, uh, what do you see in the next, you know, five, let's just even start with the next six months. Cause it's just been such a roller coaster with, you know, the pandemic and all the changes, but what do you, if you could put on, you know, crystal ball and look into that crystal ball, what would you see in the next six to, to 12 to maybe 24 months from now? Well, as I mentioned, you know, the whole world in the media world, it's, it's now, um, people, Companies are going from buying, you know, uh, CNN and buying TV shows to now buying audiences. This is where the world's going. So, so now it's again, it's OTT television and OTT. You're buying uh, and explain what OTT means, just so that people listening yeah. will understand that. Yeah, yeah. OTT television is basically digital television. So when you watch it on your iPad, over the top, right? Oh, over yeah. the top, yeah. yeah it's yeah, called OTT. over the top. Yeah. And it's um, and so when you're watching it on any digital device, they're streaming commercials based on your demographics and your psychographics. And they don't you don't say buy a buy these specific shows. You're saying I want, you know, adults 2554 that have American Express and and you're able to target these people based on that demographic. And that's where the whole world's gone. 
Yeah, absolutely. I like how you said that they're buying audiences, not just programming, right? Not just the specific program, but more about the people watching that program and reaching them specifically and across many different channels, many different platforms, right? It's not just any one that's going to work. You have to, you know, you really have to get to people. I think I read in AdAge, actually, um, it was like 12 to 15 times before people will do anything or, you know, they have to see it, hear it and have that reach and frequency just right. And I think it used to be like five to seven times, but now Oh, we're so inundated, right? At one point, it was seven to nine times, and now, yeah. right? And now we're yeah. you know, we're so inundated with everything that you know it, it's very difficult to to cut through. So you either have to cut through with a huge amount of frequency, or you have to cut through with something very compelling. And you and you're right; nobody uh, it won't even reach people's radar unless you just hammer something home. Okay, you get to only pick two. Fun, fame, or fortune. So working with a client, if they're fun and the fame is like giving you recognition or, you know, getting some clout because you've worked with them, then fortune. (laughs) Fun and fortune. Fun and fortune. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Better, faster, cheaper. Which one of those? Which two of those? Uh, Oh, that's a tough one. uh, Better, what's better according to what? Results? Yep. Yep. You got to go, you got to go, uh, that's a tough one because my business were built on speed. We do. Th- right. So faster for sure. <laughs> faster and better. Okay. But not always cheaper. So yeah, there's like cheaper. maybe faster, cheaper, but not always better. <laughs> yeah. You might be able to find cheap media, but if it doesn't get you results, then it's very expensive. Media. Right. Right. So I have to go with fast and better. I know. It's, and it's, 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 you, you're striving to hit all three, right? Better, faster, right. cheaper. But, you know, sometimes you, you can't always have that, especially in an expedited situation or, you know, if the creative has to turn around quickly, you know, or maybe you already have it ready to go. And then it's just buying on buying when it's the prime time to buy. Right. Right. And so, yeah, yeah that sounds, my contractor said it to me one time, he goes, um, you know, he goes, do you want your uh, job to be fast, cheap or well done? And I go, she said, she, I go, well, I want it to be fast. And I, I mean, I don't want it to be fast. I want it to be well done. I want it to be in, in, in as possible. Then she goes, then you can't have it fast. You can That's only right. have two. Just like That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you can get to, into trouble if you promise all three and it's just not going to, you know, be in anybody's favor. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Here's the question that might stump you. <laughs> if you could step into my shoes for a moment, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask yet? Uh, well, you know, one thing, I, I'm not sure exactly who's listening to your podcast. It sounds like, you know, if I was going to give advice to your students mm-hmm. that are thinking about going into advertising, is that correct? You know, yep, there's a portion of the students and then also, you know, other marketers and, you know, other marketing directors and entrepreneurs. There's quite the kind of just leadership or people looking to become leaders. Uh, Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, if you're about to get into the uh, advertising industry, you know, like when I went to, I got my degree in marketing and my teachers at the time, I was going to go work for an advertising agency and you start at the bottom and you work your way up and, you know, uh, it's a, it's a very tough way and it, and you don't make a lot of money. So if you, uh, so my teacher said, Rich, if you love advertising and you want to make money, go into media sales, media sales or, you know, so you get the both the best of both worlds. And uh, that was good advice. That's why I didn't go into the advertising business. I went into the media sales business and it worked out really well for me. 
So yeah, even for yourself, fun, fame, and fortune, it was it was a little bit more about the fortune, which is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good. Um, okay, so let's see. What's the biggest challenge that you have had to overcome within the last, I don't know, month or so? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, we have I have a mattress client. It's now you only would know these people if you're in LA. It's it's a company called Sit and Sleep. He's got 40 stores. He's the biggest match. He's like a his slogan is I'll beat any any advertised price for your mattresses free. That's a slogan, and he's <laughs> he's very famous in LA. He's like an icon in LA. Well, but we had a marketing challenge with him and with his company um, because people do not um, know when to re, you know renew their mattress. They don't know when to get a new mattress, and so people were you know we were trying to figure out mattress sales were not doing very well. And um, we had to create a way to compel people to buy a mattress when they didn't think they needed a mattress. So uh, yeah, so when do you need to renew your mattress or get a new mattress? <laughs> great question. See, most people are not. So, you know, you, you, every mattress has a tag on when, you know, uh, when you bought it, you're supposed to re replace your mattress every eight years. And what we, we created a campaign, it was a brilliant campaign, you know, not me specifically, but the creative uh, director that I had hired at the time. Yeah. He, he um, did his research and he found out that mattresses double in weight after uh, five years from, from uh, bed bugs, skin <laughs> cells and sweat. Uh -huh. And so we created a commercial where, you know, this guy, Larry Miller, the CEO of the company, he cuts, he takes out a chainsaw and cuts oh. open a mattress and shows, you know, how you know, disgusting they are. <laughs> yeah. and, and immediately. Shock and awe. <laughs> the mattress sales started going through the roof. It oh, was I like, bet. Because we gave a reason for people that, you know, because no one thinks about, you know, why, it, what, how disgusting their mattress is right. after a few years. Right. That's that whole edutainment uh, word we came up with earlier. It's been said before, but yeah. Replace after eight. Yeah. yeah. Replace after eight. All right. It was a great campaign because it, you know, went, it went viral and we had radio station morning shows would, uh, as far as a promotion, they would bring a mattress, you know, a, a new mattress and they'd weigh it against a mattress that was eight years old and the same mattress and it would be double the weight. And it, you know, it got a lot of play, a lot of play. Ooh, you just give me chills. And I'm sure now everybody that's listening to this is going to like rethink yeah, their mattress, you know? <laughs> so wait, does your client ship to other areas or is he just in LA? <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah. yeah Sit, there you go. It does ship to other areas. Sitandsleep.com. S-I-T-N-S-L-E-E-P.com. Apparently they're going to have to sponsor this podcast too. <laughs> yeah, right. We can drop some links in there if they do, huh? <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, Rich, tell me, uh, how can people reach out to you? Um, you know, what's what's your preferred method of uh, communication? Okay, yeah, I, I'm on my cell phone 24 hours a day. I'm one of those people that will answer my phone at two in the morning. I, you know, so I, I love, I'm old school. I like to talk to people. So that's my preferred uh, way of reaching me. And that my number, if you don't, I don't know if it's on the screen or not, but it's 310-420-0. 490. Okay, if your phone blows up. <laughs> I can't wait. And then, um, you know, obviously, you get my email is rich at lastminutemediadeals.com. And that's my website, lastminutemediadeals.com. And, um, you know, 
I just, it's, it's something I still, to this day, and I've been doing this for 30 years, yeah. when I put a client on the air and their phones start ringing off the hook. It's just, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially to know that you've had that impact and it's worked out well and, and all the, all the goals are being met as, and exceeded, right? <laughs> what is that? Uh, under promise over deliver, right? Right. That's my life. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, Good. we don't, we just say, you know, they don't, we don't promise anything. We test and, uh, and then optimize based on the test. So you really, we can't, we usually don't fail because we only test small and then, you know, it's not like we, I would never do a super ball ad, put it that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. So have you worked and partnered with other agencies that maybe focus on other things aside from media buy? Yeah, we do. We we white label, you know, what I'm talking about for a lot of a lot of digital agencies that don't buy offline media and a lot of big agencies, you'd be surprised. Uh, the bigger the agency, the less likely they are to, to buy media last minute. It's a different way of buying media. So you have to have different systems in place. Right, right. And it is truly the ability to be very nimble and move quickly, which is, you know, this day and age, that's what everybody wants now. I mean, it's it's the convenience factor. So that's awesome. I'm glad that you were able to identify and build this niche that you've created as you go through this process and share all of your knowledge and, you know, wisdom and expertise having been on both sides of the fence. It's really great. Thanks. My pleasure. I, that's what I love. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Rich. And uh, for those of you listening, be sure to share his uh, podcast out with others that you think might need to hear this as well. Right, Rich? That would be great. Sharing is caring. And also reviews, too. Uh, that's how we build our you know, brand as well. So getting those uh, reviews out there are great. I try to remember remind people to do that just as much as we can do it for you. So with that, thank you again, Rich. Until next time, everybody, enjoy the journey and we will see you then. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.